0: Welcome back to the 4 your podcast brought to you by Chapel Street Church. My name is Joe Scavato, and today we're in Philippians chapter 2 and the prayers of Paul. Today I'm joined by Brian Coffey. Hi, Brian. Morning, Joe. And Blake Lawson. Hi, Blake. Hey, Joe. Good morning. Good to see you guys. Excited to spend some time? Super Bowl Monday? Yep. We'll save that for the end. Okay. But uh, we just heard a great sermon by our friend, Dr. John Dixon as we kind of wrapped up this, is was it a mini series within a series? I don't know how to describe it. Kind of, yeah. We yeah. we read from Philippians. How about that? We did. And uh, I'm excited to talk about it with you guys this morning. Brian, do you want to start us off and just remind us of what John taught us from Philippians it, this week?
1: Sure, I'll try. Uh, and, and you're right. We did a four-week series on praying with Paul, and then John followed it up with a little mini series that he called living in the gospel continuing in philippians 1 and 2 so that's what he did he finished that up uh yesterday we were in second chapter of philippians first 11 verses and the central theme was clear the humility of christ and he pointed out um historically that uh, humility as we understand it today was not considered a virtue uh, in the ancient world in fact to call someone humble would have been uh, an insult uh, for for in ancient history, and yet, because of the the revolutionary and outrageous truth of Jesus and the cross, God on the cross, humility is now considered a virtue uh, in our culture and around the world, and is actually the defining mark of the individual Christian and the Christian community and John went on to say that this community was utterly unique. Uh, in the ancient world and in our world today, because only in Christianity are all cultural and class distinctions completely transcended. Uh, And he identified two definitions of humility that we see in the hymn uh, that Paul includes in chapter two. And he said, humility means being active in service. The Lord humbled himself. Uh, to become a servant and humility on the other hand means being passive in self-promotion. That is God exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. So uh, John finished with saying the quality of humility is what uh, allows the church to be unified as one and to have a uniquely powerful presence and witness in the world. So humility was the main theme.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Anything you want to add to that Blake before we jump in? Nope. It's a great summary. (laughs) All right. Um, Let's start with this then, kind of as we, as we consider uh, Paul's words and then John's message to us. Uh, what, what are your takeaways, either for yourself or for Chapel Street? What do you want people to remember as we consider the humility that he describes or the community written about or any of the deep <laughs> theological waters he waded into uh, for us to consider this week?
2: A couple of one-liners stood out to me. One is what Brian just mentioned of, of uh, humility is being active in service and passive in self-promotion, and I know we'll get to that in a, a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. One other one-liner, though, that jumped out at me is, this is just a direct quote from, from John Dixon. He said, humility is not just another virtue, but the very mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that stood out to me because I, I think I've often prayed for the heart of Christ, Mm -hmm. like prayed that God would give me Christ's heart. And I've also prayed that my works would be Christ-like, but I haven't often prayed that my mind would be like Christ, that I would actually think the thoughts of Christ. And so that was something that I was thinking about last night and this morning was I want to not only do what Christ did and love people the way like Christ loved them, but also think the very thoughts of Christ. Like what does that look like to have humble thoughts, to have Christ-like thoughts? Uh, So, it's kind of a new idea for me, but it's something I want to think about more and pursue. Yeah, that's really good. What, let's stay with that for a minute. What do you think that might look like for
0: for people living in a very different time with lives that look very different than Jesus, a rabbi from the first century? Mm-hmm. What, what does that practically look like to have the mind of Christ just as we start a Monday morning?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I think our culture—it seems like—and this is this is right off the top of my head, but it seems like we tend to easily get obsessed with our external um, appearance. So whether that's social media or what we're wearing or how we look, I know th- those are all temptations, even for myself, is to focus on the external. And it seems like the thoughts of Christ is is something of um, something more internal. So not just like trying to put on a certain image, but really trying to be shaped from the inside out, um, and that. That seems to be something that um happens as we as we spend time in god's word as we spend time in prayer is he doesn't only want to shape our actions but he wants to shape the way that we're actually thinking and feeling so that would be an initial stab, but i don't know if you have any thoughts on that Brian uh
1: not not directly about thinking the thoughts of Christ that hasn't occurred to me all that much either, but uh I think if i if I try to put in the words the power of this particular uh, theme of humility. It would be, I think. I think we. we I think I get kind of. Um, maybe we can't avoid it, but I. I feel like I'm so familiar with the phrase, "Jesus died on the cross." I'm so. I'm, I'm so familiar with the cross as an image that I'm actually too familiar with it. I. I, I don't think I can any longer, really, uh, unless I try, grasp the the outrage. And, sh- and scandal of the cross, that God in Christ, perfect, majestic, like John said yesterday, perfect, majestic, beautiful, humbled himself to that, mm. which was the lowest form of torture and punishment and shame a Roman person could even think of. Uh, when, when I think that way, then I realize that humility can become my humility and it helps me see... Myself and others and the world in a completely different way. And and, and there's nothing, there's no power in the world um, that can defeat that kind of true humility because it really has no enemies. Uh, Something like that. I remember thinking, feeling while John was talking and really kind of blowing up that image of the scandal of the cross and the humility of it that um, if that humility... is it shapes my thinking shapes my experience of of god following jesus then it shapes everything else it shapes the way i see others shapes the way i live shapes the way i serve shapes the way i think about myself um yeah i think that's what came through to me it's just the, I'm, I'm so familiar with it that i no longer can see the true humility that's there
0: yeah one of the things that <clears throat> came to mind when, when John was preaching, and then Brian, when you just said that, um, we talked about like how humility was not seen as a virtue back mm-hmm. in, in those times. And similarly, I think one of the things we take for granted, like you just said, is the cross is a symbol of our faith and how ridiculous that would seem mm-hmm. in Jesus' day mm-hmm. and how it was reserved for you know, the, the worst of criminals and, mm-hmm. and yet that's what we now look to for hope. And And he told that story of, of the cross being buried at the highest point mm-hmm. of the world and this kind of paradox of humility and glory, mm-hmm. um, and, and how instructive that is for, for us and how we are to live and how we are to lay ourselves down. And in so doing, we see Jesus being glorified. It's just such a, a such a mind boggling thing. And uh, so we got about 20 minutes to break it down. So it should be easy. (laughs) Um, Maybe we should, before we get too much farther, try to give maybe just a practical definition of humility. Uh, One of the things I liked that John said was how Jesus didn't think lowly of himself. He knew who he was. It wasn't (laughs) like, oh, I'm I'm a nobody. Like he knew (laughs) that he was Jesus. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes when we think humility, we think that's what you have to be. You have to, oh, man, I'm not that good. Right. So, what is humility, and what is it not, and and how can we have an accurate view of of this thing that we're talking about?
1: Yeah, well, I think John's point was that there's a false humility that sometimes masquerades as humility, um, but true humility is actually great strength. True humility is is actually um, for not thinking less of ourselves, uh, someone said, but thinking. Of ourselves less, um, it's, it's, it's that fact that Jesus knew his his identity. He knew his position with the Father. He knew his authority, um, and it's in choosing to lay himself down, it's in choosing to humble himself that the real power is exhibited and displayed. So, for like for me, it might be um, recognizing my strengths and gifts and choosing to lay them down to serve someone else. It's not saying I have no gifts. It's saying I do. But the purpose of them is for the other, Hmm. Um, my wife or my children or or a friend or a neighbor. That's where humility is displayed. Not saying I have nothing to offer. saying I do have it, but I offer it this way.
2: Hmm. What do you think, Blake? Well, I have to get in my Gavin Ortland reference. So, Gavin Ortland <laughs> wrote a book entitled Humility. Uh, and I think it's, the subtitle is like The Joy of Self Forgetfulness, mm-hmm. uh, kind of riffing on a, a Tim Keller um, idea. But he said that there are three things that we commonly see as humility that aren't humility. So the first one he said is is hiding. Um, so like hiding, like you had mentioned, our skills or our talents. So he said, if you can throw a 90 mile per hour fastball or if you're super good at which drums, which of course you can do both of those yep. things, Joe. Yep. Um, you shouldn't, it, it's not humble to, well, I'm just not going to tell my coach that I can throw a 90 mile per hour fastball <laughs> or, or I'm just not going to tell my band director that you know I'm really good at drums. That like That's not humility. So he says, humility is not hiding. He says, number two, humility is not weakness. So it's not timidness. It's not never standing up for yourself. It's not putting up with abuse right. or bullying. Um, humility is closer to meekness, as Brian mentioned, which is strength under control. So he says it's, it's not hiding. It's not weakness. He says it's also not self-hatred. So it's not saying, you know, I'm worthless. I'm so bad at everything. You know, I'm stupid. I can't do anything right. He says, interestingly, listen to all of those statements. I'm stupid, I can't do anything right. I I you know I'm you know I'm no good. All of those things start with I. It's a subtle that mm-hmm. even can be a subtle form of pride. So he he says it's humility is not hiding, it's not weakness, it's not self-hatred. Ortland defines humility, true humility as self-forgetfulness leading to joy. So if whatever we're doing is self-focused, it's not it's not humble. If whatever we're doing, is not ultimately leading to joy. It's not humble. So for example, self-hatred that doesn't ultimately lead to joy. So I think that's, that's an indication. Okay. This isn't whatever true humility is. So that's just a, mm-hmm. a be scratching the surface, but go by Gavin Ortland's book, humility, and he can go, he'll, he'll go much deeper. So this podcast is sponsored by that's Gavin Ortland's book.
0: <laughs> 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 just kidding. No, that's good. Um, in line with that, I, I want to kind of break down. We, we've mentioned, uh, John's line from the sermon of of humility being passive in self-promotion and active in service. I think that was really helpful for me so just to good. kind of hold on to a very memorable way of framing uh, a humble life. H- help us understand that a little bit deeper of, of what he means by that, of how Jesus maybe models that uh, in this text and throughout his ministry, and then where that might kind of come to life for us today.
1: Well, he did, what he chose to do is in, in that, Passage, uh, Philippians two one through eleven. The second part of that passage is actually um, an ancient hymn. Most scholars believe, mm-hmm. and he broke it into two stanzas, two verses. We
0: will now be singing it. on this podcast. No, we won't sing it. <laughs> um,
1: okay, well, I'm sure. I'm sure Blake could give it a shot. Um, I'd love
2: to. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: and he points out the first hymn. The first verse of the hymn focuses on what Jesus did, his activity uh, in in service, and he focuses on the lines. Um, He made himself nothing. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
1: He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. So those are things Jesus did actively to become a servant for for all of our sakes. And then the second verse, he points out where Jesus was passive, where God the Father did things to him and for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Therefore, God exalted him. He didn't exalt himself. God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every name. God gave him the name above every name, which is the name Lord, Lord of all. Um, and so what, those, those, are, those are really nice definitions of ways to get your hands around what humility is and how it's expressed. And to me, it would be like, you know, you're looking for ways to use your life my, or my life, my gifts, my abilities to serve others while simultaneously not looking for or competing for the credit, um, mm-hmm. that, that would, uh, that would bring me in so doing. Uh, so, uh, and if we think of, if I think about my, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to, if, from humanly speaking, because of pride and because of selfishness and things to, to genuinely serve someone else without the sort of hidden hunger to get the kickback of respect mm-hmm. or, uh, or or favor that you might get from others who see you do that that thing mm. but true humility is serving others without that need to get something back for it mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm.
1: self promotion i mean the absence of self promotion is kind of a uh makes almost no sense in our modern world yeah cuz it's all about self promotion um in our modern world uh that's what social media basically is yeah. in many ways but yeah
2: uh, I really liked that that phrase. It's always stood out to me in verse, it's either six or seven, which says, uh, Christ Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Mm-hmm. I like that image of, of grasping. Uh, I think so many times in life, we pridefully are tempted to grasp for a certain outcome in life or mm-hmm. grasp for greatness. Like, I'm going to go get my own mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or grasp for a certain relationship. Um, basically I am going to claw and squeeze until I get what I want in life or get to where I want to get in life, which is, which is kind of a a picture of pride. But according to this passage, that grasping is not what true humility looks like. And it's not what will ultimately lead to life. I, the way that I've thought about it in the past is kind of like the difference between how one might hold an egg or, or maybe an ornament, but let's go with an egg, um, versus versus a baseball. Um, by the way, I, I made some cornbread yesterday, so I was holding an egg yesterday. There's no reason I included that, but um, it's good th- to know. Yes, the way you hold an no, egg.
1: Just, no, I know it's a little self promotion right there. Well, <laughs> small, no, no, no. just small little
2: self promotion. No big deal. I, I, I'm, I'm not I showing off. I'm just saying. I mean, it was really good, and it was. I mean, it takes a good cook to make a good cornbread, but. <laughs> <laughs> so the way, the difference between how one holds an egg versus how one holds a baseball, uh-huh. if you grasp an egg with the same intensity with which you would grasp baseball, that egg is of course going to break and splatter everywhere. Um, in, if, in, in the same way, if we cr- try to grasp onto anything in this life, anything created with the same intensity with which we were created to grasp onto a Savior, if we look to anything as our ultimate hope or anything to save us, it's going to break that created thing. Um, so it's not going to lead to life, and it's ultimately a, a, form of, a form of pride. And so the way that Christ modeled that not grasping for equality mm-hmm. with God, even though he is God, is a profound image and model for us to seek after in pursuing humility, which will ultimately lead to joy and true life.
0: Hmm. I didn't know where you're going, but I liked it. You stuck <laughs> the landing. Well done. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was listening to a, a sermon a little while ago talking about this idea of humility and pride, and, and the main uh, application was go do something kind and don't tell a single person about <laughs> it. <laughs> And, and just c- because that's such a, a natural response of like, I, even for good intentions, right. I want to tell someone, this is so exciting. Yeah. God used me to bless another person. Mm. Oh. And the application was, don't do it. Just mm. keep it between you and God, because it's not about you. Mm. It's about what God is doing mm. through that's, you. Wow. And, uh, and I didn't appreciate it. So now everyone else has to deal with that. Mm. I want to make sure we, we take a little time in talking about uh, one of the other kind of themes that John pointed out in his message was this idea of community yeah. that, that shows up in Philippians 2. Maybe let's start kind of just with a basic uh, question of, of what about community? What aspects of community does Paul describe in this text and where does it come from?
1: Well, he took some time to 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 talk a bit about where this kind of community comes from, and he pointed back to the Trinity, the mysterious, the mysterious relationship between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, the relationship of love, and and um, he just called it a love relationship uh, within the, the the Godhead itself, which is. He admitted uh, difficult for us to get our heads around, um, but he anchored it there, but then I thought the, the uh, to me and we we mentioned this back uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were preaching through prayers of Paul but he, he 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 made it very very practical when he talked about the unusual community of that of that church in Philippi, mm-hmm. how it began with those three first mm-hmm. converts. Uh, and people in that culture would have immediately seen how weird that was. Mm-hmm. You have Lydia, an affluent woman who's a businesswoman, sort of upper echelon of that culture. Then you have a sl- a, a demon possessed slave girl way at the bottom of that culture. Those two would never interact in any part of Roman culture. And then you have the, the the jailer who's kind of in the middle. And in Christ, mm. they become one. They become one community. And Lydia, the, 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 the affluent woman from the top, can serve the slave girl at the bottom. And hum, and, and, that, and that picture of humility is what makes that possible. And now this community is radically different from anything else, that, anything else that existed in the whole world at that time. And that that's powerful to me because we take it for granted that that's what we are as the church. But it was not taken for granted then. And this, the humility of Christ shaped that community into this radical new thing. Hmm.
2: What do you think, Blake? I appreciate that verse, uh, verse three, when it says in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then it says, let each of you not, look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Uh, Something that I I, um, have talked about before that has been really helpful for me in, um, in trying to combat pride is, is praying for and pursuing the blessing of those around me. Um, so truly, especially those, um, whom I'm tempted to envy is, is like praying for their greater blessing and trying to actually promote them <laughs> if possible. Uh, so I love what Brian mentioned, what John Dixon mentioned about the Trinity from eternity past, promoting and exalting and loving one another, mm-hmm. never exalting themselves or promoting them, uh, themselves, um, mm-hmm. And we were created in the image of the triune God. And so we were not created to promote ourselves, but to try to promote those around us and to um, to bless those around us and pursue the blessing of those around us. And so um, I think that's kind of a, a way that, I've, that I'm have that i trying to apply it. And then I thought John Dixon did a great job explaining yesterday. Yeah. I think it's a, a, a great example of what I'm about
0: to ask you. So you better come up with another answer. All right, let's do it. Uh, um, I think that, idea, that picture of community is really appealing to people. And I think it's not always easy to form that or find it mm-hmm. or build it. Mm-hmm. What can we do to be a part of forming that community as Chapel Street Church, which is a church with people from all over, different backgrounds, different status, different levels of influence. And yet we too are united in our love of Christ. But, but how do we kind of build those bonds and bridges of community?
2: One of the first things that uh, that Brian did when when I first started meeting with him is he listened really well to me, and that that was so meaningful and helpful to me in forming uh, immediate kind of trust and and I think the type of community that that God is uh, calling us to. I like to think of listening as how we serve one another hmm. in conversation. Mm-hmm. That's listening is service in conversation, and and you know this text says that Jesus. Took the form of a servant. So, how can we serve one another in community? Well, oftentimes through conversation that looks like listening. Well,
1: yeah, is, is, I, I appreciate that. What I think that he Blake is is re- correct in saying listening is a is a form of love. It, it's a form of serving that is often absent in our modern world. Uh, we have a lot of uh, experience of people talking at each other, mm-hmm. sometimes shouting at each other very rarely listening genuinely to each other. I think also seeing, like in, inside the church community is seeing others, mm. you know, to see them as, as people, as loved by the God who created them in his image, as people who have their own um, pains and struggles that are that are uh, real and to look, to, to see people in, in all that they are and yet to love them and accept them and be interested and curious about their lives. Um, all those things are what it means to to begin to develop this kind of community. But I, I think ultimately, and I wrote it down in response to your question, Joe, it ultimately is shaped by the Spirit, shaped mm-hmm. by the Holy Spirit, who lives mm-hmm. in each one of us as believers and li- lives corporately in his body. It has to be shaped by the Spirit because it's unnatural for us yeah. to see and care and, and serve one another in that way. It demands the po- power beyond us and that's that's what the spirit is wanting to do in and through us
0: yeah john said something about how the church can't just be another social club or another Mm -hmm. you know it has to be grounded in something deeper Mm -hmm. i was struck by uh we we talked about this back in philippians one a couple weeks ago i i preached the and have just kind of haven't gotten past the idea of partnership in the gospel Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and this picture of us as part of the body of Christ and not just, um, the church isn't just about me. Mm -hmm. And I think so often I find myself thinking in all parts of my life, how can I get what's best for me out of, you know, fill in the blank and church is supposed to be so much different. And if, if that's not our mindset, then it's really hard to build that community Mm -hmm. because it only comes when we're in it for as you said, like the interests of the other, mm-hmm. and that is certainly something that only comes from the spirit. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've just been kind of sitting with that for a couple of weeks. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's really good, and, and it, it reminds me that our faith, uh, the faith that's grounded in the in the the God who was crucified for us and risen again, it's not just countercultural in the ancient world, in the Roman culture. It's countercultural now. Yeah, uh, because. Unlike anything else we do in our lives, when we are part of the church, we don't go to g- see what we get from it. We go to see what we can give to the person sitting next to us that we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a whole different mindset. which Blake said, that's the mind of Christ. That's that's what drives. It's, it's a spirit-shaped way of seeing the world and seeing others and being part of a community um, that's really unique. And it's, it was unique then, and it's unique now.
2: Yeah, that's really good. I think another important thing with community is joining a rooted group. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Well done>. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I've got. <laughs> I will pay you your
0: $20 after we finish recording. Thank you, Blake. We <laughs> Way to set
1: up the sound bite, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Any other uh, thoughts on humility before we give a little tease for our next series at Chapel Street Church? Did we hit it all? We covered it completely. Well,
1: there's a lot there to cover, but I, I encourage people if they didn't get a chance to hear, go back and listen to John Dixon's message, for um, sure. hear how he dealt with it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. Bren, can you give us a little sneak peek then of what is coming as we are quickly reaching Easter Sunday somehow? It seems it's hard to believe.
1: Kind of crazy, yeah. So, yeah, I'd be excited to share that. We've been just talking about it and planning it for the last couple of weeks. But this week, we begin um, a seven week series that will lead us right up to Easter weekend. And the series is going to be called Unrecognized King. Uh, it'll be a series of seven s- stories. From the ministry and life of Jesus that are moving toward um, the final uh, climax of his life and death and resurrection. Um, and in each story, we're going to see that he makes a statement, a dramatic statement of truth about himself. And in the same story, a person or a group of people say, uh, no, you're not. And there's disbelief. So there's a statement about himself, and then there's a, there's a struggle with that truth. And we're going to wrestle our way through seven weeks leading right up to Easter Sunday morning. Unrecognized King.
0: Love it. I'm excited. It's going to be great. And uh, speaking of things that are great, it's that time again. The best podcast segment of the week, according to me, Joe wants to know.
2: Oh, what you know, Joe? I
1: don't know nothing.
2: What you know, Joe?
1: Tell me something. What's you
0: know, Joe? This week on Joe Wants to Know. It was the Super Bowl yesterday, as I'm sure you both are aware. It was yesterday? <laughs> it sure was. <laughs> you know, it never gets any publicity, so I can yep. see why you missed it. Uh, but we have to talk about it. It was a great game. Actually, it wasn't a great game, and then it became a great game. That, that, correct, uh, yep. mm-hmm. But what's most important about the Super Bowl is the food and the commercials and the great cultural moments that unite our country. <laughs> uh, so what Joe okay. wants to know is... What was your favorite commercial or moment from last night's Super Bowl?
2: Um, so I'll go with one commercial that I thought was funny, and that was the one where everyone had a mullet. I don't know if you guys have to oh, yeah. seen yeah, that one. That was like a the dogs, one. dogs had mullets. And and the eagle had a mullet? The eagle uh, had a mullet. I yeah. mean, that I definitely got a good laugh out of that. In terms you ever, have you ever had a mullet? I have, yes. No.
1: I would like to see a picture of Blake with a mullet. Have you really? Would, yeah. Wouldn't we all like when? to see that? High school. We, we would all like to see that.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Did it yeah. go over well in your high school? Oh, it was great. <laughs> was yes. <it? laughs> yes. Yeah. People gave me, uh, people said like, they gave me weird looks. They're, like, p- people are like, hey, have you noticed the weird looks people are giving you? But I knew the looks were looks of envy. <laughs> envy
1: and admiration. Yeah. Envy and admiration. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: So that's how that went down. Um, one other thing that happened yesterday that was funny last night is that uh, I was with a group of eight people and one baby. And our internet so went people. out. Our internet went out. So our stream went out after the 49ers scored in overtime. Meaning oh. so it's just the Chiefs are about to have their final drive to see what's going to happen in the Super Bowl. Our internet just goes out. And so I, I picked up a stream on my phone and we crowded around my phone with eight people and one baby and watched Patrick Mahomes deliver the game-winning drive. When it was baby Oh, she loved it. She <laughs> loved it. Yeah. And she was definitely not up past like three hours past her bedtime or anything yeah. either. So it, was, it was great. Wow. Okay, so you had a great night. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's kind of fun. Cool. I was
1: also with a bunch of family and three grandchildren, uh, three years and under. So that was noisy and toy and lots of toys were all, were all around. But we were able to pay attention mostly. But I would have to say, highlight for me was any one of the fourteen cutaways to Taylor Swift. Uh
2: huh. Of I'm course. Just, I'm just kidding about that. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> um,
1: I had several. Uh, the first commercials. Uh, there were several that got my attention, made me laugh out loud a little bit. Um, the, uh, and then I get to my favorite one. Because it's going to be obvious when I get to it. But um, I got a good smile out of uh, State Farm and Arnold and Neba. Yeah, that was on my neighbor, list as well. Because we talk about Like a good Neba. Neba. It's a Neba. That one cracked me up. It was so simple, but it made me laugh. Then the, et, the Etsy one about gifts, the, the return gift for the Statue of Liberty. What uh, should we give the, France? What do people like in France? The cheese board. Cheese. <laughs> they like cheese. Uh, that's because I'm a cheese guy, but that made, I thought that was, that was <laughs> brilliant. Uh, the couch potato farm was funny and comment on our culture. Uh, the E-Trade babies playing pickleball, calling it wiffle oh, tennis. That's good. That,
2: that
0: good.
1: This is like tennis for babies, they any, said. Anytime
0: you can work in pickleball, that's <laughs> a win. But,
1: uh-huh. I, mean, I know I'm a pastor and all that, but... I thought that the two he gets us hmm. commercials, hmm. one of the one with the foot washing, I thought was particularly powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus washes feet. Uh, now, there, you can think of what you think about other things, who provided that, who does it. And is, but, for, and I, I, I looked up today on the, on the internet and somehow it sparked controversy. People don't, how you can make controversy about, about washing someone's feet who is, Socially considered beneath you, is beyond me to understand why that would be controversial. But I thought, I thought there was one of them that in particular that was pretty powerful, and and said something about the topic we just talked about in church yesterday. Yeah, humility, humility the humility of Jesus to wash his disciples' feet when he was the superior one, but he 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 wanted them to know his love. I thought that was. You know, that's again, I'm a pastor and all that, and that got me,
0: but um, I'm a pastor, and that didn't make my list, so I don't know what that says about <laughs> <Wow>. me. will <laughs> make you feel a little
1: unspiritual. Yeah, you know, now I'm but convicted. Give us yours. Uh,
0: I like the Nebo one. Naba. Uh, I like the Dunkin' Donuts one. Oh, with, the dun- with the, Ben the Affleck the dunkings, and yeah, Tom Brady. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. that was funny. That me yeah, laugh. Yeah. I liked the uh, Christopher Walken one when people kept giving their impressions to him.
1: It was too noisy in my house to really hear yeah, what I they were saying, that. but that looked like it would be good. It was a fun one. Yeah. I
0: missed most of the third quarter trying to deal with a crying child, so there were probably some ones that I missed, but those were at the top of my list. Uh, real quick, pro or anti usher halftime show? I know, I know your answer, Brian. I think
1: I told you that I was amazed that he could sing that, do that entire thing in a in a language I didn't understand. I didn't hear one word, <laughs> and I don't get it, and that's the reason why the world hates America. But that's just my 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 take on it i watched the entire thing i was trying really trying
0: the roller skates that wasn't you didn't enjoy the, that? the roller that skates, was awesome
1: i thought that was i did think that was awesome like he can do that on roller skates because you can't pretend to know how to roller skate
0: i was just waiting for someone to fall fly right off the yeah, yeah to, i
1: was like yeah. this
2: is
0: gonna
1: that, i i i'll give him the roller skate other than that i still i still didn't understand <laughs> a single word he said how about you blake
2: i liked the there was like a blue and black sparkly kind of outfit that he wore at one point. Mm-hmm. And it kind of looked like like a motorcycle out, outfit or something like that. And I thought I'd like to try wearing that into Chapel Street and just seeing what happens. So <laughs> on,
1: on
0: the With your mullet. Right. Yes. You yes. need that outfit with the, the mullet. That's with the right. mullet and, and good luck. <laughs> I don't know Gattie how they town. got
1: the roller skates off so fast, too, because they were I don't, on them but really all of a sudden they, were, they
0: didn't have them. I thought, hey. Do you remember Healy's Yeah, right. I'm guess, I'm thinking it was a Heely situation. Like the they wheels like just the popped the out, of the, out of the sneaker? Or something like that, yeah. Very... Kind these these amazing, are the things but, that keep me up at night wondering about that sort of thing. Yeah, I
1: just uh I think I've tipped over the the um generational edge of Super Bowl halftime shows. <laughs> I'm officially
0: Brian yells at Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> what? What are they saying? I don't
1: understand what they're saying.
0: See, I feel like I've entered the age where now the Super Bowl performers are like like Usher was really big when I was in like middle school and high school. So it just reminded me of like dances when I was a kid. And mm-hmm. so that's that cause I it used to be for me, it's like, who are these old people? No. And so now I'm that old person. So uh, it's, you know, passage of time. Brett said he didn't like any of the commercials or the S- Super Bowl halftime show. I think he might be a little bit cranky today. So, uh, shout out to you, Brett. At least you got meatballs, right? Brett got lots of meatballs. Um, Last thing, and then we have to okay. go. Judy's favorite commercial was the Wicked trailer. I don't know if you guys noticed that. It's in, they're making a movie about Wicked.
1: Uh, yeah, The Green Lady popped up. I saw that. Yeah, I didn't know what the it was one. about. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so Judy loves Wicked, uh-huh. and we were with some of our small group watching the game, and both her and our friend Ben you know Ben, mm-hmm. uh, at the same time said, is this wicked with the same level of excitement? <laughs> so <laughs>
2: shout out to both of them. They'll have a great Thanksgiving. Real quick, I'm super pumped about Inside Out 2 and the, yeah. the appearance of the new emotion, Anxiety. She comes on the screen and she's like, <laughs> hey! And she brings in all this baggage. She's like, welcome, yeah. I'm Anxiety. So I'm kind I of did excited like for Inside Out 2. I, I,
1: I missed that one. I did like that original one though. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, the
0: sequel's coming. Okay, I think we covered it. <laughs> Let's go be humble. We're really good at that here at Chapel Street. That's right. <laughs> well Thanks done. for listening to the 4 podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and share this with a friend. If it has helped you in your faith journey, we will talk to you soon.